Seeking the Wise Wise. With Aaron and Alexander discussing the just philosophy. Covering self-development, emotional processing, conscious relationships, and five levels of overall wellness. Wise, wise, inward journey, episode 11, self-doubt and a few beers. Just minutes after the video call with Louise ended, the oven's timer sounded, alerting that dinner was ready. From the basement, Sack and Sally came running up the stairs yelling, Food, 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 we're so hungry. The whole upstairs was filled with the smell of lasagna that had been cooking since before the video call with Louise. Janet was holding a stern glare at Michael as he just glanced away at the floor, shuffling his feet from side to side. Zach ran past them both and asked, What's going on with you two? As he slid into his chair at his spot at the table. Michael replied, Nothing, son. Me and your mom were just talking. Zach continued, Did I hear Grandma's voice? As he squirmed and fidgeted lightheartedly in his chair. Breaking her glare at Michael, Janet turned and softly said, Yes, we were on a video call with Grandma, but she had to go suddenly. She had plans. She said to give you two a big hug from her. Michael walked away from the kitchen towards the back door, rubbed Sally's head and said, Hey, sweetie, are you hungry? Go on in the kitchen. Mommy will get you some lasagna. He paused, looking opposite from Janet. I'm going out to the garage for a while. You all go ahead and eat. Don't wait on me. Janet replied, Aren't you going to eat? Oh, no, never mind. Par for the course. Come on, kids. Let's eat some lasagna. Daddy's got some sulking to do. As Janet and the kids headed into the kitchen... Michael walked towards his garage, opened and slammed the screen door, and then kicked a Thanksgiving decoration that Janet had earlier put on the porch, letting out a scream of, Damn it, I'm tired of this family's bullshit. As Michael walked into his garage, he flipped a light switch on that also turned on a small fan, grabbed his last three beers out of a small college refrigerator on the floor, turned on an old radio with rock music playing and dropped into a worn-out and duct-taped recliner. Just after sitting, he finished his first beer, crushed the can, threw it towards a trash can in the corner, missing a little to the right, and one fell swoop, cracked open beer number two, and kicked his feet up and murmured, I'm about ready to live out here, away from all those women. This garage was Michael's respite or getaway. He often used it as a place to avoid certain people or situations, as well as a way to get some alone time, in general. He always had a car or truck of some type that he would tinker with. Neighbors called on him from time to time to help with their automobile issues. He rocked his chair back and forth to the rhythm of the music while being lost in his mind rehearsing over and over the events of the video call with Louise. For a few minutes, he had a relaxed feeling like his evening was complete. But that was suddenly interrupted by the realization that he still had to deal with Janet about the whole Louise situation. 
Then he stopped rocking, crumbled up can number two, tossed it at the trash can, this time a little too much to the left. He then popped open beer number three like he was on a mission to save the day or run far away. Michael had been through a previous divorce that seemed to revolve around alcohol and his avoidance of certain issues or lack of interest in discussing things with his ex-wife, Alaya. They have a son, Grayson Presley, 14, that Michael rarely sees due to them living across the country. While drinking his third beer, and now with a few less inhibitions, Michael started thinking of all the women in his life all the way back to his mother and grandmother. At first, anger led the way, finding fault in each one of them, justifying his superiority and lack of needing them. In a matter of minutes, his anger shifted to sadness as he recalled his grandmother's storytelling, his mother's cooking, fun times with his ex-wife, and Janet's love and the way with the kids. Over the next 30 minutes or so, Michael's sadness shifted to self-judgment and thoughts of not being good enough and fears of being alone entered. His struggles to connect with any of these women of his past and present was very apparent to him, and these were a few of the issues he has continuously run from. As Michael sat hunched over with his head in his hands, his eyes watered and his nose started to clog up. He sat, empty beer can number three on the floor, to his side, closed his eyes, and began to hear his father's voice. When are you going to grow up and be somebody? You're not smart enough to own your own business. You're not a man with your drinking. I'm surprised any woman would even put up with you. Your son's going to be a failure just like you are. At this time, Janet had walked down carrying Michael's some lasagna. She was planning on just walking in, setting it down, and leaving. But as she approached the doorway that was left ajar, she could see him sitting in the chair, leaning over, mumbling to himself. She thought she even heard him cry a little. (laughs) Janet suddenly felt a jolt of fear hit her in her stomach, thinking of how Michael would react if he saw her there at this moment of weakness. She quickly and quietly set the lasagna down and went back into the house undetected. Just a few moments after Janet returned to the house, Michael crushed beer can number three, looked at the trash can, paused for a moment, and then launched it. Nothing but net, he said out loud, as the can went directly into the trash can after two failed attempts earlier. Michael uttered underneath his breath, I'm just getting in the zone, but I guess I better go inside and face the music. Standing up from his lazy boy, he turned towards the door and saw the plate sitting there. When did she bring this out? What did she see? Damn Damn it. it. She's She's a good good woman woman bringing bringing me food food after the way I acted. They've all probably been good women. I seem to be the problem. Like Like my dad always said. Michael grabbed the plate, now cold, placed it in a microwave he had by his small fridge. He paused and whispered to himself, I will warm that up a little later. He then reaches to an upper cabinet, pulling down a fifth of bourbon. Unscrewing the top, he murmured, Well, maybe I'll stay down here a little while longer. Couple of shots and eating before I go inside will probably help me sleep. Janet and I can talk some other time. As he took his first shot, he let out a, Woo! Or maybe she'll just forget about it. (laughs) 
as he slammed down the shot glass on the table. Michael poured another shot and drank it quickly, slamming it down. He then got up, stumbled a little. He mumbled, What was that song I used to like? Tapping his foot to an unsteady rhythm, he began to kind of sing. As he struggled with the lyrics, he continued tapping his foot and snapping his fingers. Na, 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 na. As he attempted to find the song's rhythm. With a freeing release, Michael said, You said it, Bob Dylan. But I mean no harm, nor place fault on anyone that lives in a vault. But it's all right, Ma. If I can't please him, it's all right, Ma. If I can't please him. Michael, a little choked up, sat in his recliner, leaned it back, closed his eyes, and slowly drifted to sleep. A couple of hours later, Michael woke up to the sound of a text coming in from Janet. Where are you? Are you coming in tonight? Are you okay? Are you sleeping in the garage? Startled and a little surprised, Michael wiped his face, looked over at the microwave, and noticed the food he never heated up. Well, eating never happened. She's She's going to kill me. Wow, great job, Mikey Mikey boy. Maybe you're right, Dad. Maybe you're right. Well, maybe his dad was right, Alexander, because he just justified everything his dad was saying. Yeah, and a lot of times we can be guilty of using other people's truths to become our own truths. Mm, Well said, well said. So yeah, let's start at the beginning of the story, and then we'll work our way through. So we have Janet and Michael getting off a phone call with Janet's mother, Louise, and the kids come back. And of course, we have the famous lasagna in there. And so Alexander and I have been working on this story for a while. And every time lasagna comes up, we just get really hungry. And yes. it's led us to grab some food. A we few still times. haven't eaten lasagna. I know, we still haven't had lasagna. But <laughs> we had pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's some funny behind the scenes stuff about this one in particular. But we do have Janet kind of calling Michael out in front of the kids. And, you know, it's not too obvious, but she's like, Daddy has some sulking to do when he says that he's going to go out and not have dinner with them. And I feel like this is pretty common. You have two parents kind of in a disagreement, and they both kind of are nice to the kids, but then in front of the kids, they have their kind of negative tone interactions. Yeah, and unfortunately that happens a lot. And I do appreciate here that they don't seem to take it out on the kids, and I think that's worth pointing out. But... Those little snide comments can really, most people don't realize just how much the kids are observant of those little kinds of things. And it just those fuel on the fire, so to say. Uh, Of course, frustrations are going around because from the previous episode, Janet was upset that Michael kind of stepped in and took her power away. And then he overreacted and he's kind of judging himself. And so there's a lot of emotions going on in that moment. And the best thing to do, you know, is to get it away from the kids. And he does go into some avoidance that we will talk about, but at least they did get it away from the kids, so to say. And I think that that's just a point to to focus on here, but also show that little bit of that snide comment could have been left off as well. Of course, that snide comment was made because he mentioned that he was going to go out into his workshop area and not have dinner with them. 
And so in a way he was informing that that's where he was going, but he, I feel like he failed to inform about what just happened, the emotional part of it between Janet and Michael and him overstepping the boundaries, how that's, you know, where that's going to be talked about. Like, is he going to process it? Is he just stepping out to have a breather? And I'm sure that this is a pattern that he's been going through for a while. And so Janet probably already knows. So he knows that she knows that mm-hmm. this is what he does. So he maybe feels like that's not part of what. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of times where these type of snide comments come about is where both parties are aware of what's happening. And one just decides to do a little, little jab. And then he has his, of course, overly emotional reaction when he gets outside and he kicks a, a Thanksgiving decoration as well as saying expletives to, to release some tension. Again, where Janet could have held off on that jab, he could have held off, of course, from kicking or throwing something till he got down in his garage. So again, these are like little things to where there are healthy ways to get these emotions out and even anger. But many times we will fall to what we have been taught from those around us. So many times we'll carry on family lineage reactions like this because maybe Janet made that snide comment because Louise, her mom, makes kind of snide comments. Maybe Michael is kicking this and reacting in this way because that's the way his father did. This doesn't justify it, but it helps to explain a little bit, and we're going to break it down and shine even more light on it in the extended version. So uh, join us there to go deeper in all of these subjects we're bringing up. Yep, and then once Michael makes it into his old lazy boy chair, cracks open a beer, feel like many of us do that when things get tough and we start stressing. We run to something that's going to quickly alleviate it, whether that is alcohol, it could be some sort of pharmaceutical. Sure, many things. Yeah, yeah. So he cracks it open, he starts thinking, he starts digging in, and he makes it through three beers. And so there is some avoidance there using a substance, But it also does open up himself to some deeper level of thinking. And maybe with many of us, there are little snippets of truth that come in and then we don't know how to accept those and then they just go out as fast as they come in. Yeah, so some people can take this to extreme and do spiritual retreats to have experiences with substances to open up their minds or their perception to different levels. And then here in just an everyday pattern way with alcohol, many people do use it as an escape. But there's a subconscious level there to where there's an innate point of the human being that there's a resolve wanted by everyone. There's a a natural urge for resolve. So even when people won't discuss the situation with somebody, many times they will go away and contemplate it on their own and run different scenarios. And for many people, alcohol or some type of substance helps them to, whether you want to call it the processing processing of it or to just maybe see it from another view. Also, people use music, People use relaxation techniques like meditation and things like that. So there are useful coping mechanisms is what we will call these. And then there's destructive coping mechanisms. And this even seems to be a pattern with Michael that he's aware of that even created an issue in his last relationship. So here we are seeing the all too often commodity of pattern just repeating, repeating, and different people are playing the roles, but the person is going through the same family lineage type of pattern. 
even seems like he recognizes the pattern, not by name as it being a pattern, but recognizes that some of his father's energy and some of the things his father said to him, he's kind of living out. And that kind of comes in at the end. And so that does speak to what you're talking about, where when similar energies are handed down or or put onto a person, they're going to carry those. And then when they get into similar situations where that could come back up, it kind of comes up. And if you don't make use of it, then it's going to hold you down in a way. Yes. And that pattern is going to keep going because by this time, Michael's son is 14 years old. And, you know, he's been hearing from his dad that, well, if you keep doing this, your son's going to be just like you. So there's a weight of guilt. Guilt and shame are two of the biggest exhausting energies and emotions to go through because it's through self-judgment. And when you're tearing yourself down, it amplifies it so much when somebody else says something negative to you. So see, this pattern began with his dad more than likely trying to incentivize Michael at some point in time. And all too often when a parent is trying to help their child it comes across as judgment and ridicule and can even cripple the child. And that seems to be the situation here with Michael is he wasn't able to use it to bounce back or to do better. What he's done is he stuffed it and he pulls it out whenever he's judging himself. And then he remembers his father and the way that he used to judge him. And then at the end, like you were saying, he even turns to accept that as a true possibility rather than just choosing earlier maybe not to take those two last shots, maybe to have your three beers, your little time away processing, then your wife's so kind to bring you some food and you eat it after your three beers and you go back and you have a conscious conversation. And these are the choices that many people fail at when they had the opportunity. And I'm looking so forward to getting even deeper and deeper into how to break these patterns in the full episode. You talked about how he allows his father's words to get into his head and then further tear him down when, like you said, he could have used it for motivation to not do that and almost like an ego response to it. Are there certain human design types that could use that sort of talk from a parental figure or anybody coming at them for use? Or is there one specific type that is more likely to do that? Or is it just a variety of different things? Yes, breaking the human design types down into five different ones as manifestors, manifesting generators, generators, projectors, and reflectors. Generators typically survive with the most ease in those situations. I'm not condoning that by any means, but it's the least harmful typically for generators. And projectors and reflectors especially are very harmed or very traumatized by that type of parenting where you try to point out the negative and to show the child the so-called positive. And so that's why it is important how we approach our children and to see that even if you have three or four kids to realize that they are all being affected quite possibly very differently by what's going on in the environment. And so although generators can handle that type of situation the best, I still don't really condone that and suggest, you know, another direction in most all cases. And then one more thing to wrap up this part of the conversation. You did mention that Janet did come and see Michael and 
maybe this was her way of making up for her comments or she felt some sort of remorse around that. Or maybe she just genuinely cares and this is just a pattern that keeps happening because she is a people pleaser. So she does bring him dinner after he never comes in, but then sees Michael being vulnerable and she doesn't want to feel Michael's wrath in case he sees that she sees what he's going through. And so she leaves it there and then walks away. And so I feel like there is a possible connection there or some sort of conscious communication that could have happened there if maybe Michael wouldn't fly off the handle for somebody seeing him vulnerable. But then we can get to a whole conversation about vulnerability. And if you want to have any sort of deep relationship, that vulnerability is probably a good good, good part of that. And that's so well said because... In that situation, Janet probably wants to go to him, but she knows better, so to say, because many times people that avoid vulnerability in their relationships, for whatever reason, see, they're going to show some vulnerability sometime when they're drunk or where they're on some drugs or something, it's going to come out. But then they get embarrassed because they're not used to anybody seeing it. And so then they can actually get angry and project at the person that's trying to help. So in this particular situation, you know, we want to be, I think, grateful that Janet knew what she knows. And it probably was the best idea for her to just go back up to the house. And but maybe at the same time, it does show that possibility of in the future that there could be a coming together to where if it is discussed properly and she could show him that she wants to be that support for him and he'd just be willing to face his fear of showing that side of himself to someone. And sometimes that helps to go to a third party rather than your relationship to show that vulnerability. So this is where the right type of a coach or therapist or mentor can really, really pay dividends because it's really hard for a non-vulnerable person to just open up to their mate all of a sudden. And so that's why there are people that can help with that. And I suggest that for everyone. Yeah. And I got a feel for her in this instance, because there's probably nothing more that she wants in this moment is to have a moment of vulnerability with him and, and for them to connect that way. And just thinking about Michael's past, he probably showed vulnerability at the beginning of the relationship because he was probably hurt by his past relationship. So that showed up initially. And then he just kind of rehardened over time as Mm -hmm. that sort of, I don't know if you want to call it healed or time moved away from, you know, his past hurt. And so yeah, just transferred it is what happened from one relationship to another. And now that she just finds herself in a relationship with somebody who maybe at one point was vulnerable or at least somewhat at some point on some level and maybe they can get it back but let's see what we get into in the full episode all right everybody check us out on the complete much love thank you for listening to this free version of our inward journey story series to hear the complete conversation and go deeper into how these characters can bring in more consciousness utilizing the tools and techniques of the just philosophy head on over to wisewisepodcast.com and become a premium member. You'll get to hear all of our complete conversations and begin your self-development journey with us. We honor your dedication to self-growth, 
overall wellness and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. Continue on your self-growth journey by visiting thejustphilosophy.com where you are able to connect personally by booking a private consultation with Alexander in person, by phone, or Zoom. Uncover your authentic self more easily with a human design or destiny card consultation. Here you will gain information about your energetic makeup, personality, and your higher self, as well as navigating your way through your relationships. There are also multiple types of reports available for purchase that help you gain insight into your career, relationships, and opportunities for self-growth. The site also allows you to view a calendar of Alexander's live performances and class schedule, peruse other products such as shirts, CDs, and finally, the revolutionary VibroTune vibrational sound therapy tables. These contoured therapy tables allow you to bathe in a vibrational sonic bath of frequencies, bringing you into alignment on all levels. You will be feeling and hearing calming music synced through vibration and frequency. So again, you can grab all this goodness at thejustphilosophy.com, T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 25 years in his personal studies, private practice, and professional environment. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only and is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. We want to thank you for working on you. Keep shining your light and refining your vibe.